Welcome to Media Hotshots, a series of interviews with some of the most celebrated editors in lifestyle, fashion, beauty and interiors media today. All of the editors interviewed in this series subscribe to PR Shots and Press Area and the majority of those have said that they heavily rely on its service in order to make their jobs easier. Therefore, the opportunity for you and your brands to gain more coverage into their pages is made all the more possible and this series of interviews is aimed at not only celebrating their lives but to help provide provide you with some golden nuggets that if used could make you a complete hero. So for our first guest, and I'm really excited because we've got the lovely Linda Bell, who is to give you a bit of history and she has a very rich history. She's worked at Red Prima, InStyle, Easy Living, Woman and Home and Stylist magazines and was most recently the fashion director at Good Housekeeping magazine, which is the UK's biggest selling glossy magazine. Also having worked at Timing, Condé Nast and Hearst, as well as having her own freelance clients, including Bowden, Crew Clothing, Harrods, Hello Magazine, JD Williams, Jules, Marks and Spencers and Two at Sainsbury's, to name just a few. Linda's vast knowledge of the industry is just phenomenal. So I want to welcome as our first guest, Linda Bell. And as I was saying to Linda just before the interview, actually, it seems really weird to give that big of an intro without giving you a massive round of applause. Thank you. Thanks for that. Very kind. Very kind. So thank you, Linda. Thank you for being our first. And and, and I guess, you know, with everything that's going on at the moment in the industry and for a lot of industries, we, we're going to be discussing during this interview how things have changed um, since Linda became an editor. And obviously more recently, how editors and publishers have adapted in general to, to COVID. Um how PR Shots and Press Area helps them and their publications, I guess even more so now. Um, what editors are looking for in an image. Uh, we're also actually going to be going over what PR activities uh, are liked and perhaps not so liked um, by editors. And also Linda's going to be fielding some questions directly from brands themselves um, as well. <laughs> so there's a lot to go over during this interview. And, and I guess what we should do is just start at the very beginning and really ask you how you went from from leaving school um, to becoming an editor. Gosh, well, I mean, you wouldn't think it, but I actually had a different career before this. You know, you listed all the titles and the work that I've done, but I start, I left school, you know, wanting to go into business, you know, thinking that that's the safe role. Wouldn't think that now necessarily. Um, so I just went to university, did, you know, business um, administration. I used to speak Spanish. I used to live abroad. So did it in the um, combination with Spanish as well. Um and went through the normal rigorous and finally worked in human resources. I wow. uh, worked for the BBC, worked at a big um, international um, ad agency. And, you know, even in the companies there, I saw these flashes of creativity that I was really drawn to. But obviously the role I was doing was very uncreative and um, really didn't get the job satisfaction for it. So I actually left that. I've, very comfortable career to intern at Red. That was oh. my very first internship at Red Magazine. Wow. Under Nicola Rose, taught me very, very well. And I was, I had such kind of career ambition and, you know, um, wanting to make a success of this new future of mine that I really just cracked on with work. I just did anything they asked me to do. I knew that, you know, all these samples need to go back. I'm going to blitz this cupboard and then I might have to be able to go on the shoot and, you know, do all those exciting things that, you know, the interns want to do. Um, so I did your normal uh, six month internships, went to B Magazine, the good old days of B Magazine, be who you want to be. Um, then went on to InStyle for a year as fashion assistant. And then I managed to get my first proper job at Easy Living, which was part of Condé Nast. And I was there for about four years and I loved it. It was amazing. Started as fashion assistant, left as junior fashion editor. Um, and again, you know, just meeting these amazing women, you know, it's predominantly female based um, industry, one of the few. And 
I've been, I've been incredibly blessed with who I've worked with, you know, and interestingly, the industry is not that big. You know, these women are still out there working, you know, they might be on the different side of the, of the roles, but I still see them. I still work with them. So went through easy living. And then when I left easy living after five years or so, I went freelance and I flipped the role a little bit and embarked on commercial styling. So that's where, you know, the freelance clients like you're talking about. Um, I do a lot of work for Bode and I do their outfitting, shooting, art directing, that kind of thing. Um, Marks and Spencers also, Jules, you know, all of those titles. But I seem to have covered all the publishing houses and majority of the, you know, biggest British brands out there. Um, And all of that has been punctuated with um, family, you know, two boys. One's just gone back to school today. Other one is two and a half years old. So they keep me on my toes and... They, you know, they just add the spice of life, really. So it's been interesting. It's it's not been the, you know, I went to fashion school and I studied it. I mean, I did do that when I um, was at Red Magazine interning because I wanted to really hone the skill on, did I want to do writing? Did I want to do buying? Did I want to do designing? I knew I couldn't draw for toffee, but, you know, is that the side I wanted to go into? But it was really journalism that I loved. And then honing down on there that it was definitely visually led, creative, you know, fashion stories, fashion styling, rather than fashion writing on, say, a, a newspaper or, or, a, or a specialist title. So it was great, you know, really good fun. But I seem to have had two different careers and nine lives along the way. So it's, yeah. It's brilliant. It's very varied. It's brilliant. It's amazing. And that's why I'm thinking actually for, you know, for our, for our guests as well, it's going to be really interesting to sort of get your perspective on everything, especially considering you've worked for so many different titles yeah. as well. So, I mean, would you say, is there a difference? Is there a marked difference in between like Time, Time Inc. and, and Hearst? And- I mean, there are very small differences, but, you know, essentially the job is the job. Um, you know, we, we go all to the same press days. We all go and see the same samples. We all tend to ask for the same ones. You know, also I've been lucky to work for similarly veined magazines. You know, the, the commercial side of the fashion industry. I didn't I, I didn't go towards, you know, Harper's or Vogue because it just didn't come naturally to me, that kind of styling. Whereas the commercial beautiful women looking beautiful in real clothes that you can actually go and buy now, that's what, you know, attracted me. So we certainly style similarly so the the job is essentially the same whilst in the same breath the job has changed massively over the last six months as you can imagine but the job is the job you know we we call in samples we we chase prs we get imagery we we shoot them we write them we do our credits we send it to press you know the the job is similar is the same in all the different ty- um, houses that I've worked in, you know, details and different form- formalities change, but the, the the job is the same really. And like I said, it's a small industry. It's, it's quite lovely that, you know, you were talking about Paula, I know her well, and I wish her really well as well. You know, we're on competitive titles, but you know, there's no competition really. You, you're doing your job and we're, we're all blessed to have this job. Yeah, no, you're right. And in fact, that's what I found out actually from talking to all the editors prior to that. I think uh, Julie and, uh, and Paul are going to have one together. We're going to try and get like one big session with lots of people, but I think physically it wasn't going to be possible. But yeah, exactly. There seems to be so much love in the industry as well. But it was interesting because you're, you're right. I mean, things, how have things changed in general since you've got into it? And I mean, obviously, bringing into it the last six months as well. Which yes. Is well, I mean, in a broader scheme, the biggest change has been digital, things going online, um, writing for the online, for the magazine titles for their online presence has been massive. So we would have to write each of us once a week for each of the the, the online sites and um, each of us within the team doing that. So there is at least, you know, 10 new um, articles going online. That's something that we never had to even think about five years ago. There would be a specialist digital team. And whilst we still have that, they definitely want the editor's voice on the website as well as in the titles. So that's massive. So a huge amount of digital content, the emphasis on digital as well. Um, um, I remember working at Easy Living in Condé Nast and going to press days and taking photos of items that we liked, printing every single photo out, putting them in lever art files, 
Hearst paperless offices, absolutely no. paper-free. We don't hold lookbooks. Everything is based on the server. Everything is digital. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other big difference in the last few years has been the concept of hubbing as a in a publishing house. So like I said, at, at Hearst recently, I was in the lifestyle hub that they call. And that included... Um, Good Housekeeping, Red Magazine, and Prima. We have the Fashion Life um, Fashion Hub, which is Harper's and L. Um, and you know, you, we used to think we were busy when we worked on one title. Working on three, you know, I know other publishing houses have bigger hubs of magazines together. That's busy plus digital as well. So the the concept of hubbing, but then you know, when we talk later about how we actually get into the role and what, how the, the nitty gritty of uh, working on different titles, I would be working on all three titles in the same publishing month. You know, when that, those three titles go to print, I was working on those. There's no, oh, I'll pass it to Prima. It's like, well, that's me. I'm, I'm wow. still doing it all. So that's been a really challenging and, and you know, really rewarding concept as well. Yeah, wow. Have you ever got it mixed up where you've 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 done the wrong thing for the wrong well, right You know, it's right. quite interesting now when you sign into a, when there were press days, when we would go and sign in the little book and you're like, Good housekeeping and red and prima and what you know, and you're like, Oh, just, just we just do it all. You yeah. know, that's just yeah. the way it is. Well, it, yeah. There's no kind of confusion because you know the, the titles were different, although we're lifestyle hub what I would call in for red would be very different to Prima, likewise for GH. So we would know that the brand's personalities sing differently. The way we'd style would be differently for each of them. But, you know, we're, we're still there. We're the same team working on three titles. Yeah, yeah, sure. And how has it changed more recently because of COVID? I mean, I guess a lot more people are working from home. There, have there been a massive call? Everyone in- is working from home. I mean, we, we all, we left Hearst, House of Hearst, a week before proper lockdown hit in the UK, it's had a massive impact. I mean, it obviously impacts on where you work. So we were practicing. Um, James Wildman, the CEO of Hearst, told us all for about three weeks before. So you know, I think it was March that it started. Uh, we would all every night take all of our network cables, our laptop, work laptops, chargers, everything we would need to you know, he said, if we are locked down tonight, I don't want anybody going into the office to pick up their equipment. So for about two, three weeks, we're lugging our laptops home every night going, oh, this is a bit much, isn't it? Oh, I'm just going to leave it. And then lo and behold, one person in the office um, contacted saying that they had symptoms. That's it. Office was shut down. Not one person was allowed in. And we were all working virtually from our tables, from our homes, wherever that was from that day, from that morning. And that went on for about four months. So it massively impacted, impacted on how you work because at the same time as that, uh, I have two rugrats running around the house and, you know, they weren't going to school and they weren't going to nursery. So it would impact on, you know, life in, you know, your work life balance. I don't know if we have that anymore, but we certainly Mm -hmm. have more of a family or life impact on work and, and vice versa and um the uh aspect of thinking in the old days when someone would say i'm working from home there might be a bit of an eyebrow going oh okay you're working from home now it's like well of course we're working from home and of course we've sent three four magazine issues to press since we've been working from home high quality at that so um the idea of you know juggling and just understanding that people have lives, people have families, and people do have to go out for their hours exercise a day when we had that, or you know popping to the supermarket when it was less busy, and work understood absolutely totally. So that was really important. But mm. also you know how we styled. I did three main fashion shoots in lockdown. I did them virtually over Zoom, exactly like this, sending clothes abroad to teams, you know, a husband and wife team shot my September story in their garden. And I was on a Zoom with them for eight hours, art directing it and giving them um, help um, for the the shoot. Um, And I just think from now on, it's still going to live with us for a good number of years, I think. are we going to have press days again? We have no idea. You know, we have virtual press days coming. You know, we have um, uh, 
launches coming through our doors, our, our, our letterboxes now. Um, summer shoots, you know, we would happily jet off to Miami in the past. These are now going to be yeah. Brighton Beach, studio setups much more. And then sadly, it's the budget impact. You know, magazines will be feeling the pinch hugely and likewise passing that on, you know, whether they have to uh, cut people down on the, on the sets or you know, what that final impact will be. You know, people did just pick up the um, magazines at train stations, at supermarkets. People aren't doing that as much now. It's much more online shopping. So all of that has had a drip down effect. Mm. Um, but I think that the uh, COVID aside, there's been a huge change in magazines and fashion in the last few years. You know, I the biggest thing for me has been the sustainability aspect of fashion, shopping. Um, going into more of a season less style that might be following on with the you know lack of emphasis on press days you know it's more of a brand's identity you buy into your brand not necessarily new season new wardrobe huge focus now on a determined strategy really it's it's not just a token effort that you know this brand has an organic t-shirt over there and everything else has been you know um, made in a more unethical, maybe further um, abroad produced um, manner. This is now much more critical to companies. And that's something that we're taking on board as well. And we're looking at, you know, maybe giving more clever styling tricks and updates and refreshes to your capsule wardrobe rather than, right, you've got to get rid of everything last year. And now you've got to buy all of this. Um, Fashion has changed massively. There in the last couple of seasons at, at the shows, there hasn't been huge, massive trends. It's like, we're continuing with shorts. We're now going into culottes. It's like a gentle pace really now. There's not that big change that there used to be a few years ago where we would go from pretty to goth to rock to, you know, lace. It would be, it's much more gentler now, I think, and, mm. and more power to it, I'd say. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, we definitely noticed that there were a lot more images being downloaded downloaded in in situ, actually, rather than the cutouts. And I'm guessing that's because there was no physical ability to go out and get those shots. But um, I, my, my and, and I'm wondering whether you feel that you'll see that uh, whether that will continue as the the months go on. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to get your feedback on that as well. But also, you know, what the PRs and the brands can do to help you with the current circumstances, you know, if there's anything they could do either via PR shots or just in general that could help you to help I them. I mean, we rely so much on PR shots, like you said, and, and having that content imagery available to us. Just knowing that the imagery that there's being put online is the most up to date. Obviously, if we go on to it and we love something, then we see actually this is spring, summer last year. You know, we just we don't want to see that. You know, it doesn't help us at all. Prices are always really important. But, you know, it's I do think this is going to carry on. And, you know, having the flip side of knowing how brands are working at the moment, we I'm shooting. I've been shooting all of this week. I'm shooting all of next week for brands as well. And it is, we, we are up and running. So shoots are happening. They've massively changed. You know, there's much less people on set. I have to wear my mask all day. So it is happening. Shoots are back up and running, but there's a huge catch up that they're, they're running through. You know, M&S couldn't shoot, Bowdoin couldn't shoot at all. So there's a massive catch up for autumn winter season. Um, and for um, catalog, you know, big campaign imagery, it's still going to happen. It will just be, in a new guise it will yeah. it will still have to be up there you know stores will still need pictures in their windows um companies will still need imagery on their banners at the top of the top of the website so the imagery will come whether it's you know influencers shooting themselves from home or you know that kind of husband wife model photographer combo which seems to be running strong for most brands and editorial titles that we've used um, that might be carrying on for a little while longer. Mm, yeah. Well, no, yeah. Well, I noticed as well. I mean, it was, it was an unfortunate situation because I guess the brands themselves weren't able to get a lot of images and the auditors wanted images. So it was kind of like, well, how do you, so I guess, but even, people, you know, for the brands, you know, further down the line, they couldn't even get the product because they couldn't get it shipped and they couldn't get it produced. And, you know, um, you know, it's things like, you know, the zips might've been produced in, 
China where the where this all started and the leather was in Italy and so you know nothing could be produced for for certain brands that I know and it's you know when you kind of pick it back a little bit when you're just thinking oh this is really hard for me and you think oh actually companies are really struggling massively at the moment yeah no totally exactly well hopefully you know it's i mean we've all adapted to it and it's interesting what you say about press days i think a lot of brands are thinking about doing that and i guess it's all right it's not going to be natural but i guess it makes things easier because you don't have to physically go out and you can these have been hard i mean they were hard slogs they could go on for two months at a time and you know you have eight to 10, if not more a day to get to, plus the normal day job of, you know, a, a, a monthly long lead. And they were hard work, tiring. Of course, we would have a lovely little bag maybe when you leave, but half the time you're going around taking photos, saying hi to your friendly PR onto the next one and splitting them up with your team as well. So you don't even get to go around with your team. So a little change for us was, was well received, I have to say. It did yeah. go down well. No, okay, that's good. Well, it's good. I think everyone's got to adapt as well, and that's that's the main. Mm. So it's interesting. So when, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, it's what what does your typical day look like? What is it kind of? What what are you doing um, currently? Well, so I recently left Good Housekeeping and, and Hearst um, earlier in the summer, and I have been juggling family, juggling freelance title, uh, freelance clients as well. Getting back into that, obviously, the impact of COVID on those. T- clients has meant that for the last month or so they're only just starting to gear back up for shoots yes. um and my week varies completely depending on where i am in this uh, lifespan of a, of a photo shoot am i mood boarding and art directing for a shoot am i helping with model casting um i've been spending all of this week outfitting for a brand which i'm shooting next week so it changes massively and i can also be doing the editing as well on the other side of the shoot but it's very, very varied. Um, the boys, obviously, are a full-time job in themselves. So yeah. uh, it just keeps it keeps me young, keeps me on my toes. And, you know, thanks now that we've got this technology of Zoom and, you know, emails on my phone in my pocket that I can be working if I'm dropping him at nursery and taking him to school. So, you know, I'm, I'm always connected, which is a massive, massive impact. Now, if we had had this kind of pandemic even five, 10 years ago, I don't think the connectivity would have been there for the, no, you're for the right. industry. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird to say it came at the right time, which is just interesting to say, Seriously. but it's, but what I find interesting as well is that we now get to see people in their natural environments and normal environments. And what, what amazes me is that you have, everyone remembers <laughs> that news piece where that guy was being interviewed and he was at home and the kids had crept in. It was like yes. the embarrassment where it's like, that's just normal life now. And it's I quite- know, but that was months ago. That was before COVID. And obviously that went viral and we're like, oh my gosh, that poor man. And obviously, I mean, we've all had it. I mean, obviously not in your castle. No, of your course not, no. But... <laughs> I've certainly been sat here doing my Zoom daily meetings with the the Hearst girls and my son just pops up and is like, hello, I'd like to say hello. I'm like, okay, please just everyone smile and nod and then he'll get yeah. head off in a minute <laughs> hearing, you know it's it's lovely so what I, my, I guess my question is it but then i mean I've, you, i know we've kind of touched on it a little bit but, but are there three things that you love um that prs do uh, whether it is via pr shots or just in general and are there three like pet hates that you've got that kind of like uh, things that you wish they wouldn't do and obviously no brands mentioned if there's, <laughs> there's any that's done that i mean i would i don't know if there's three of each but certainly just being understanding of the titles of the kind of titles that I work for and you know what my role is within those titles is is critical knowing that I'm the fashion director and not the cookery assistant or not you know the homes editor you know I can't help with those things I can definitely tell you who to speak to but you know I I don't want a, a press release email to me about dog leads or you know you know really specific coffee machine that you're now pushing it's like you know know who you're sending it to and know what the brands are so that's definitely top priority um a pet hate of mine is the uh very speculative and i have to say this is very rarely from in-house prs very very rare i don't think i've had it from an in-house pr before but certain more from the kind of pr agencies when they're much more targeted on on what they're sending out and who they're sending out to I really uh, dislike the speculative phishing emails. Hi, hun, what are you working on? 
I'm like, look, just don't blanket email. We know that you're sending an email to everybody in the industry, but just, you know, you know what I'm working on. I'm working on fashion. I'm working on autumn season. So send me lovely stuff that you've got or new products that you've just had from the brand. You know, that's what I want to see. Um, but, you know, it's just a, a commercial title fashion team that's the kind of product that I want to see. And, you know, to get on my good books, just send me the best, latest, relevant imagery. High res if possible, but we can, you know, use low res in the meantime whilst you're able to source a high res image. That is inspiring and beautiful and new and fresh. And, you know, we want to see the, the, the product that you're selling us. We want to see it shot beautifully because we, um, we can't necessarily shoot things for shopping pages. You know, a lot of magazine titles expect shopping pages. And I'm speaking about shopping pages because obviously PR shots is cutouts and images rather than samples. Shopping pages are now expected to be free for a title. You know, obviously you've got the cost of your your, um, headcount, but we're not really going to be shooting in studio, shooting lovely still lifes anymore. So we want them to be shot front on. We want to have details. We want to have flattering um, shapes of the garments, for example. But, you know, they're expected to be cost-free and delivered on time. So as much imagery as you can, or not just of your pics and highlights, we want to see everything because we also do our shopping pages very differently every month. It could be very specific trend led. It could be a more of a general vibe of, you know, the seventies look, or it could be very specific gold chunky bracelets. So depending on what we're looking for, which is really hard sometimes to articulate on an email to a PR. And also if I say pretty suits, that could be so many different things to so many different people. So if we can get as much imagery and um, we, have to contact you for the stockist details, then you know that it's going in the magazine, you know, rather than chasing it up all the time. But I'd say that just being aware of the title, aware of the the position of that person or, or, or the, the team member and um, knowing where we are in our uh, print schedule, you know, even a long lead, I know that weeklies and uh, shorter leads have their days of the week that they edit, shoot, layout, send to press. We have that similarly for a long lead. We normally go to press either at the very, very end of a month, you know, between maybe the 28th of a month to the first or second of the next month. That's when the title goes, that issue goes to press, which means right after that, the first couple of weeks of the month, the next month, we're working on the next issue. That's the time to contact somebody and say, what are you working on for this issue? What can I help you with? Have you got any other things planned that we can put on our calendar to make sure you've got all the latest information? So, yeah. I think it comes back to just basics, really. There's no, there's no sly tricks or hoops to jump through. No. It's really just about knowing the market, really. Sure. And I mean, how important is pricing? Because I know a few editors just say it actually, you know what, it's understandably sometimes pricing can't be put on there. But how important would you say that is? And how much does that determine whether you'll cover it or not? It isn't a deciding factor. It's massively helpful to have it ready to go. But if it's not possible it's not a big deal. I will download it and then we will get the girls to, to contact you for the price information. And that's when you know that it's on the page, you know, that's how you, that's how you can keep track of it. But yeah, it's massively helpful to have the prices up. You know, if they're, if it's a production time that kind of goes back months and you know what the prices are set at, it does help us to have it ready to go. But um, we can understand that that doesn't always happen. No, sure. Okay. Now that's brilliant. Actually, we've got a question from Joanne as well. Joanne Beckerman from June. I don't know whether you want to unmute and ask the question yourself directly, Joanne. Yeah. Um, am I unmuted? Hi. Oh, there we go. Hi, Linda. Oh. <laughs> I can't remember the question, Nick. I think you have to read it yourself. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> I said it over a week ago. <laughs> well, it's, I think you're talking question- about how I use PR shots. Is that right, Joanne? Yeah, I, th- I think so. For, for us, it's just you know, we obviously do our best to upload new in and categorize everything. So it's just if that's useful for you and how you best use PR shots. I mean, sure. do, do you use the search tool? So if you're looking for a leopard boot, do you search leopard boot or do you go into the brand's portal and I mean, have a look? I or say, Joanne, I, I'm a bit of a control freak. So I will go on to June and go through 
all of your images. Okay. I, I like to be able to know that nothing has slipped through the net. So I would use the search for, um, engine if it was something very specific that could come from maybe a variety of different brands. But mm. for, you know, it depends, you know, I could be doing a, a single shopping page, for example, on high heel loafers. So I will just go through your um content listing and just scour through all of those for those loafers. I might do another search and see if it comes up in any other brands that I might not have thought of. But then equally, I could be doing a different shopping page that, like I say, using the example of 70s, for example. And you might not have tagged a certain uh, saddle bag as 70s. So that wouldn't come up in my search. But if I was doing... Um, uh, an, another kind of just searching through constantly all of the images that you've got, then that's going to pop up and I'll just grab that as well and pop that on as a, as a styling item on the page. So I do like to kind of search through each brand consistently. And, you know, then it just kind of, then that means that I can see everything that's on there. And then if it was the wrong drop and you, uh, I spoke to you and asked for the price details, that's when you can tell me that, you know, that was last season. We're not going to have that anymore, but I, I do like to be able to see as much as possible. Yeah, that, that makes sense because we, we spend quite a lot of time um, sort of adding in keywords, like you say, seven tiers if something yeah. is, I don't know, like a tan suede boot. But or, I wonder you know, if that's, but... let's take the example of that 70s saddle bag. If I was doing a, a tan and neutral page, that might not necessarily come up either. So that's why I'm, I'm just a stickler. And it's like, look, it's going to take me a day to go through all the brands that I know and love on PR shots. That's that's my job for today. That's what I've got to do because that's the way that I know I've got the best images on that page. You know, mm. each of the titles that I've worked for most recently are obviously slightly more commercial lifestyle end of the fashion spectrum, but each of those are very different personalities, very different brands, very different price brackets that we will be, that I will feature on those pages. So it ranges, you know, from 30s kind of fashion lovers at red, you know, really wanting <clears throat> cool, quirky twists and, you know, what, you know, the, the high-end designers are doing through down to the high street to, you know, 45 plus at Prima and Red who are style savvy, but they prefer a more timeless, you know, outfit um, concept. So they will be very different. So I just kind of like to take the time and go through things. But saying that actually the price um, limit is narrowing because even Red, you might have seen that for their Christmas gift guide, the limit is £100. Because of COVID, you know, because of the impact that it's had on people's lives, people's jobs, people's financial situations, that has had a massive impact. And I know that Prima, for example, in the summer, Joe Atkinson did a brilliant shoot of dresses. Every dress was under £50, if not even more, maybe under even £30. And it's a huge um, factor for the big editors saying that, look, people do not want to see Dolce & Gabbana on mm. our shopping page. You know, it's not relevant to me. It doesn't feel like it's my magazine anymore. So that has been a massive thing that has impacted yeah. on the content that so, we put through. So in which case, that would probably be beneficial for us to sort of have a Christmas gift card uh, category and then we have under 100, 100 under 50 because then that would benefit you guys I would as say well. for gift guides, yeah. prices mm. and price categories and obviously for her, for him, for the dog, for the pet, for the child, whatever. But prices are massively important for... Or if you're pushing your product for Christmas for your gift guides, that's a very standard staple that most titles will do for their gift guides. That they'll do under 250, you know, for your husband or your or your wife, mm. under 100 pounds, under 50, and then stocking fillers. That's the you know, if you look at any um, Christmas gift guide over the last five years, even more, that's the kind of format that it does take. So for for that sense, definitely having those price brackets would be really helpful to know. Okay, great. So it's it's good to have those different categories then, lots of different categories within the brand page. Yes. Okay, yes, we'll carry yes. on doing that then. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's brilliant. Thank you, Joanne. And that's interesting, actually, because the point that you made there, I mean, you you generally go there, you're looking for the brands that you like as well. I mean, how often is it that you're looking for a theme, a theme itself rather than a brand and that the, you know, irrespective of who the brand is, if it mixes with the theme and it looks good? Absolutely. If we can enjoy introduce a new brand to the readers we want to do that and we can shout out about you know a small business or a new one going on 
on the on the site or you know even you know PR shots to one side if we're just finding a lot of the time we find them on Instagram and we just love this jewelry brand this new shoe brand and and we'll put them on the magazine and that's definitely something that we like to do we love our British high street always have a good emphasis on the British high street but if we can find new and interesting details I know that all the readers would love that so that's that's never going to be a a barrier to us that it's not known but saying that it needs to be well stocked and easily available for the readers there's nothing worse than being really proud of your issue at going to press and then the readers contacting us saying I love that dress but it's in one shop in you know Dorset how am I supposed to get it so it needs to be either if it's a boutique store or or a small independent please have an online presence and then boom, you're, you're nationally available and you can go in the magazine. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, interesting. That's good. And that's good to know as well. That's all, that's all really good. Well, actually I was going to bring, so there's another question which was um, submitted, I think today by, by Nicolette, Nicolette Yardley Moore from Vintage Cushions. Hello. Oh, Hello. Great. <laughs> I'm, just here, I'm over here in Ireland. So um, the connection, it falls in and out. Okay. Well, hopefully for now. Yes, you're in for now. Exactly. Totally. Yes. So um, I do cushions and um, but you're doing fashion. So you wouldn't really be interested in looking for cushions, would you? Well, not necessarily. I mean, I do sometimes prop style for shoots and, you know, things like that. But, you know, if, the, if I can give you any advice, it would I would expect that my colleague in the homes team would kind of give you the same answer if, if there's anything that I can help with. Um, keywords, are they the most important thing when you're looking on PR shops? Um, I think that was almost similarly as to what Joanne was asking in terms of tagging how you describe. Um, for me personally, like I said, when I'm searching for images, I like to kind of go through extensively and see as much as I can. But I think it does definitely help know the the way that you are describing your own brand. Um, and I guess for my title, if I'm, let's put it to you in, in a Holmes magazine sort of way, if I'm um, styling for a particularly contemporary or modern Holmes title or, or shopping page, then I'd be looking for more contemporary uh, styles from you. And even if the patterns or, you know, designs that you've got, but if I'm doing country living for example it might be a completely different style that you've got and the way that you've tagged it and described it it might be more relevant for that so I think as long as you're tagging them as many tags as you can is probably the best way to describe it that you know the way you would describe it might come differently to me that I might just put in budget or price limit or something like that or blue and you've described it as uh or uh graphic or something like that but as many description words as you can if that's what you'd like to go through in terms of the the description factors but i would say that if there's a specific way that you know you want to get into the titles just like i said go back to the beginning of just know the title know the style that they like whether it's about a budget aspect or if it's a uh, natural style in terms of modern contemporary versus rustic and you know ditzy florals or anything like that I'm not sure but um, if that helps you know just target it more specifically to the to those titles and I think you you have a more uh, likelihood of being featured but as long as they're widely available there shouldn't be any any barriers for you to to be featured really. Um, another question do you like follow-up email? to say thank you uh, for featuring in a magazine and would you send the PDF after it's been featured on social media? Um, so we wouldn't normally you welcome just... that sort of email. Sure. So, so I, am I right now. in thinking that you're asking when I've featured your cushion on the page, I wouldn't, nat- I wouldn't automatically send you a PDF. I would absolutely send you a PDF if you asked for one. It's very easy to do. Um, so anyone that says it's uh, difficult in any way, they're fibbing. It's very easy to do. Just download the PDF from the from the print schedule. So we can do that easily. Uh, with that to you, you can use that in any way, as long as you obviously you credit the, the title that it's come from. Yeah. Um, and so the question is, after I've done that, would you like a follow-up email of saying thank you? It's always nice. It's always okay, nice to have a thank you. Nice. But you don't have to. I mean, it's not like, well, 
she didn't say thank you to me, so I'm not going to feature her again. No, trust me, it's it's not that petty, but um, it's always nice to say thank you. It's it's nice to know, but also it's nice to know that you've appreciated it. You know, we feature an awful lot of products across all the titles and all the pages. It's nice to know that it's gone down well, you know. Um, thank you. Now, uh, photographs. I do just cut out photographs of mm-hmm. the majority of new cushions. What do you want to see when you're looking for, um, apart from these um, interior shots, which aren't always possible, what else would you like to see as a cut-out shot, as in front, back, buttons, button um, details? We don't really need details, I'd say. I wouldn't worry about going into too much of the fastenings or the, the trim. I mean... If they wanted to do a, a special um, detail shot of your image, they can zoom, the art team can zoom in, as long as it's high res enough, they can zoom in and show the beautiful tassel details along the side, for example. Um, front on is your, your standard. If you have you know, a nice still life option of a few different styles together, scattered together, you know, we are um, increasingly using lifestyle images on pages. It just adds an extra mood um, a bit more higher quality of you know the imagery that we can't get hold of now these model shoots if we can get you know assets of lifestyles of your gorgeous cushions on a on a rug or on a on the sofa or under a beautiful tree you know that's that's easily yeah. going to be used as well but I would say the cutouts have more immediacy of just being dropped onto a page if you can imagine where yeah. those other ones there's a lot of thought put into what brand those imagery, the, the lifestyle shots are from, what the vibe is. You know, I can be choosing between two identical images from a brand and it, it just comes down to the feel and the mood that it adds to that page. But we could always use um, lifestyle setups. And, you know, obviously for a, 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 a cushion accessory brand, you can do some really beautiful still life setups. And I, I don't see a problem that that wouldn't be picked up by a magazine either. Thank you very much. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, thanks, Nicola. All the best. Thank you. Brilliant. And I'd say it's an interesting point as well, actually, because how with the titles that you've worked with and, you know, I guess with the, the different publishing houses and the likes as well, how different is it? I mean, do, are, are you literally told this is what we're going to be covering or how often do, are you pitching ideas yourself that they are? Either well, or not? When I was working full time, for example, rather than a freelance capacity, I'll go back to when I was at Hearst. I would have my planning meeting um, with group fashion director and editor-in-chief, which was Gabby Huddart, who is editor-in-chief of basically half of the UK publishing magazines. It's insane what she manages. So I would have my planning meeting and I would have done exactly what main fashion story I'd want to do, who I'd want to shoot it with, where I'd like to shoot it, the clothes, a mood board, everything. And I would have um, very scatter, you know, um, mood boardy kind of images of shopping pages, the style, the the layout that I like to use for the shopping pages within that next issue that we'd be planning. And I would, you know, before in the good old days, we'd be in the lovely boardroom and I'd sit them down and, and she would sign them off. And pre- more recently, we do it over this and I would share my screen and show her exactly what I'd want to do. So working full time on a magazine, it definitely comes from me. Yeah. And I would sign them off equally. Uh, very last minute, we can get an extra page dropped in if an ad dropped out of the magazine. They, and Gabby will say to me, I need an extra page. And I really want to put a clever headline on the cover of the magazine about 47 boots. Can you do my shopping page? I'm like, yes, of course I can. So very rarely does that happen. Um, and um, But principally... The, the main fashion stories and the shopping section principally come from the team to the editor. Okay. And the editor might say, I hate chunky boots. I don't want to see chunky boots. I want to see knee high, high heel boots. And you say, of course, we'll do that. Yeah, okay. So, you know, but um, it will definitely come from the fashion team who will be um, promoting their thoughts and you know we'll all discuss it between us like I said on the three titles we all discuss it we always make sure that we don't repeat in the same month that happens so GH might have been doing saddlebags we'll take that example in September but Prima won't be doing it until at least October and November so that if you have a bundled magazine where those magazines are bundled together in, in WH Smith or Tesco 
and you know lovely margaret in somerset gets her bundle and she's like oh they've just repeated the same stuff that is an unhappy reader so we definitely don't do that so we plan it very carefully we tend to plan the whole season at the beginning of each season or at least the first four four issues sit down and plan to the intricacies of the layouts of the shopping pages and that kind of thing so we can just fire on all cylinders now oppositely as a freelancer now and I want to pitch to other magazines that I want to do a shoot or I want to help them out with their shopping content I will try and pitch ideas I will say I've got loads of great ideas I've got gorgeous images from so and so you know I'd love to be able to put together a shopping page for you I have to admit though that at the moment in the current climate um, most freelancers are not being taken on by editorial titles just because of the the budget restraints and everything that we discussed earlier so my kind of freelance work at the moment is much more commercially brand focused rather than editorial titles but I can kind of be sure that at the moment all the um, content that you see in the magazines has been produced by and and pitched by the the fashion team to the editor for sign off that's brilliant okay so there i guess there is opportunity because i was going to say how how easy is it for a brand to influence you as to an idea that you could then potentially pitch i mean where do you think we get our ideas from yeah absolutely yeah totally <laughs> that's so- it. i mean if you send me the most beautiful email as in imagery led, please put as many images on your email. I don't, I can't read vast long emails. And as much as I love the history of the designer, it's like, I can't, I can't, I can't read it and I can't put it in the magazine. So it's, it's not always relevant, but um, as much imagery. And if there's a most beautiful layout of, uh, you know, snake skin or, you know, something in details for uh, a still life shots, then that can be like, you know what I have seen, three or four of other different brands doing the same kind of thing. I think that'd be a brilliant shopping page. You know, our, our pages <clears throat> maybe read main fashion to one side. They very rarely come from the catwalks, from the big trends. You know, they're often from what we've seen and what we've glimpsed on the internet and, you know, and heard from PRs that, you know, is going to be really, really big. If you can tell me that this is a massive buy, we've, we've got, 20,000 of these units to push it's like well that's going to be everywhere and if I'm guessing you've got it I bet other brands have it as well it's going to be a big trend so you know it is definitely that way but we are much very much so image-led yeah okay Brilliant. And how how reliant would you be? I'm just seeing this as an opportunity now to, to promote us as well in a weird way. But how how reliant are you in that case and of PR shots in 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 comparison to something else? Massively. So mentioning earlier that we are expected to do shopping pages for free. Yeah. Um we all of that images is PR imagery. We're now not allowed to shoot in a still life studio. Um so we need image banks like you guys to be producing those images and passing them on to us as often as possible and you know there wasn't a day that I wasn't logging into it when I was uh, working full-time and there wasn't a day that my colleagues weren't doing the same thing for Red and for Prima as well as you know Harper's and L. so I would say at least 50% of a, of a cutout shopping page was from PR shots. Right. The other half only being from brands that weren't on there that would have their own assets that they would retransfer to us and and you know I'm not lying when I say that we share the same server. All the imagery is shared between those titles that are in that individual hub together. So it's not like Red have got the images, but in um, uh, Good Housekeeping or Prima don't. It's yeah. if it's beautiful, if it's pri- price relevant, you know, for the for the lower budgets, um, then we've got the images. We're going to use it. So. PR shots is a massive impact for for magazine editorially because you've got all that power for us and and we need it yeah we we noticed actually just as lockdown was happening we were getting editors just saying look we heavily rely on it anyway but now we need it more than anything else so it's kind of like a mixture of feeling sorry for the brands that couldn't get the images and yeah. you know the editors that couldn't as well so i'm so yeah i'm just glad you said that's so why it's Great. a big thumbs up for us that's <laughs> definitely definitely but interesting. And I guess my last question really is, is it, you know, we've talked about how it's changed over the past. I mean, considering everything that's gone on and considering the way that digital has become more, um, you know, obviously more prominent as well. How do, what, what are your views on what's going to, what, what the changes are going to be moving forward for the next year or two years, maybe? Have you got kind of an idea of what, what's... Uh, what for what the you, industry? Yeah. 
I think, uh, I mean, I know that House of Hearst have opened up again, so people will be going back into the office. But if you've got a long commute, you're not going to get on a train to go and sit in an office. Um, companies have really changed their opinions on people working remotely. Yeah. So we're uh, much more empowered to do that and much more trusted to do your day's work. It doesn't matter if I'm not, you know, I would say to my boss that um, I need to homeschool my son for an hour in the day. And I'm not going to be, if you need to get me, you can get me, but I'm not going to be sat at my laptop the whole day, the whole of the day when I've got two children running around. So, you know, things have definitely changed in the way that we work and, and where we work and how we work. I think that will carry on, you know, publishing houses are expensive. The buildings are expensive to run, to open. Um, I think that it's going to be working on about 30% capacity most of the time. So, you know, 70% of your um, editors are at home and or on holiday or wherever it is, you know, that they, they were working from at the moment. And I think that will carry on at least until next year, if not more. Um, maybe the balance will swing slightly more that it might not be 95% working from home. It might be 70%, it might be 60% of the time that you're working from home, popping in for a critical meeting or styling up, for example, for a shoot. I'd like to be in the office. I don't really enjoy styling up at home. Uh, it was not fun. It was very full, very busy, very messy. Mm. Um, and I think the the impacts that we've started to see on the actual content going in the magazines will continue. You know, the emphasis on costs and prices the emphasis on sustainability, which therefore comes from uh, you, it, the push to buy is kind of feels a bit unsavory now. So um, it's it's about capsule wardrobes. It's about nice tweaks to your wardrobe that you have already, ways to update last season's clothes. So, you know, if it could be the, you know, the power of accessories, that would be wonderful or, you know, um, things that you can just clever tricks to to emulate your your style icons you know i think that that will carry on and and certainly sustainability and and the ethical side of fashion that was not going anywhere anywhere at all so you know that was a bit of a a trend for a while now it's just it's it's an assumption that you know that's vital it's vitally important to know yeah that um our three pound t-shirt actually I don't want that anymore. No, no, you're right. Exactly. No, that's good. That's good to know as well. Well, listen, I mean, that's, I think that's it for now. I can't think of any other questions that we've No, exactly. As it's been very quickly. So it's just been, I want to thank you so much. I want to thank everyone for turning up, but you specifically, obviously for, for, for being our, our first. It's a good turnout. It's lovely. Nice to see some PRs still working. (laughs) I missed them. I miss seeing PRs. I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, hopefully when this whole thing blows over, there'll be one big get together and it'll all be, it'll all be good. But I guess, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, this has changed quite a few things. Yeah. So, so it's nice to even, even if we can't see everyone's faces, it's still nice to, to, to be, to, to be in the same room, at least uh, digitally. Exactly. Exactly. The room in the cloud. <laughs> brilliant. Linda, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, but it's, it's, that is, you've been brilliant. So thank you very much for your input and um, I hope everyone enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about things for, for the future as well. Definitely. Lovely. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye. So if you like that discussion and you'd like to be alerted of future interviews with Lifestyle Editors, just make sure that you hit that subscribe button. And if you liked it and want to receive a breakdown of tips from all of the editors included within this series and many more, and be entered into a prize draw to win a £50 Amazon voucher, please leave a review within the Apple Podcast app, take a screenshot and send it to us at info at prshots.com and you'll be entered. This is brought to you by me, Nick Osborne, with us, Press Air and PR Shots, experts in helping PRs and brands gain coverage.